0: Hello and welcome to the Fearless in Love podcast, the show that will help you transform your relationship by first transforming you. My name is Hannah and I'm a relationship anxiety coach and breathwork facilitator, but I've also come out of the other side of relationship anxiety myself. Now that I'm looking through a lens of clarity, I am here to help you experience deep love and connection Not only with your partner, but in every area of your beautiful life. Hi, guys. Oh my gosh, this is so surreal. I can't believe I'm talking to you on my very first podcast episode. You guys have been asking me to make a podcast for I don't know how long. It's probably the most asked question I get on all platforms. And so, The fact that I get to take my regular content and turn it into like a much more natural conversation with you makes me so excited. Like this podcast is not going to be similar to my TikToks where it's very structured. I'm going to be talking to you as if we are sitting down in a Starbucks with our coffees facing each other. And just having girl talk. I want this to be natural and I want you to feel like you're sitting in the room with me. So I'm just gonna get right into it. I mean, I wanna start by letting you guys know who this podcast is for. And if you watch my content and you've been led here, I feel like there's a pretty good chance you're gonna be like, wow, okay, this is for me. I attract people who are very specific and very similar, different and unique, but have similar values. So this podcast is for women who are highly sensitive people. You don't have to be highly sensitive, but I find that most women with relationship anxiety are. This means that maybe you cry easily. Maybe you've always been the one to get your feelings hurt a little bit easier than most people. You're probably a very deep thinker on the spiritual side and. I love that about you. I love connecting with women that are highly sensitive like me because I know that in a world that feels so harsh sometimes and so scary at times, knowing that there are other people out there like you is super comforting. It's for women, not only that are highly sensitive, but who have relationship anxiety or maybe just get anxious about their relationship sometimes and they want to learn how to work on themselves so that their relationship transforms but also every other area of your life because i truly believe what's going on within you is being reflected in your external reality you are in the right place if you have relationship anxiety anxious attachment Or maybe you're in a long distance relationship and you just feel super alone and you don't know how you're going to get through it. I am happy to tell you, you are no longer alone and we are going to get you through this together with all of the other women in my community. We are all a team here, okay? All right, so now that we know who this podcast is for, I wanted to dedicate the first episode to my story, my relationship anxiety story. I've shared a little bit, pieces here and there, but I've never gone into depth. And I think that even just listening to other people's stories and noticing the similarities and then realizing that you're listening to someone who no longer has relationship anxiety is going to inspire you and it's going to show you what's possible for you in the future. So, as you're listening to my whole story, I want you to keep in mind which areas of her story are similar to mine. What did she go through that I am going through right now? So, let's start way back in the beginning. I met my partner, Alex, online. I met him on Tinder, which might surprise you. I never expected to meet my partner on Tinder. Not that it's bad or anything, but it's just a crazy story how it happened. I was in high school. I was in grade 12, and I went to the island. I live in Vancouver, which is in Canada, and I went over to Victoria, which is a small island, a short ferry right away. I was going over to visit my cousins with my family for Easter weekend. And the crazy thing is, we almost didn't go. Like, it was raining. Um, something came up. I can't remember exactly what it was, but this was a last-minute decision to go over and see my cousins. I had never gone and visited them before. It was the first ever time. So we show up over there and have Easter. Everything's great. And then one night, I'm sitting in my cousin's room with my two cousins and my brother, and. We always just used to do silly things together, like we would get Omegle, you know, that thing on your computer where you can talk to strangers, which I definitely don't endorse, but we just do crazy things like that, and we all decided to get Tinder as a joke, for real as a joke, and I think everyone else made up fake names except for me. For some reason, I, I was like secretly taking it seriously, and then the very first person I swiped on too. Actually, you know what? He might not have been the first person. I feel like that's a lie. One of the first people I swiped on was Alex and we started talking. After that, I went back home. We were just chatting. At first, I was super skeptical of him, but he gained my trust and we became super close. Like, we talked all the time. Um, We had good conversations. But right after we started getting close, he actually moved to Germany because he's a soccer player and he got a team over there. So, here I am talking to this guy on the internet that's in Germany, thinking it is like the least serious thing ever. And I talked to him that whole summer. Then the next year I go to university. I went to the University of UBC. I talked to him, you guys, for that entire year of the first year of university. I can't believe I talked to him for that long, but for some reason, I just could not let him go, and throughout that entire time, I kept saying to him, like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. This isn't going anywhere. Like, I'm never going to meet you, but even though we would take breaks, if they even are breaks, because we weren't together, we would, like, start and stop talking, but I could not let him go. So, it's interesting because since we met online, it's like I built up this version of him in my head of like exactly what he was like and I figured out what his desires were, what his little personality quirks were, but I didn't get to see him in person and witness maybe all of his flaws, quote unquote flaws. So I think that's a huge reason that I got relationship anxiety after this. So, anyways, that whole year goes by, summertime comes, and my friend and I were going on a Europe trip together by ourselves. We've never done anything like this before. And we were stopping over in Toronto on the way to Europe. My boyfriend, not my boyfriend at the time, is from Ontario, which is a different province in Canada if you're not familiar with Canadian provinces. But we decided to stop. In Ontario, on our way to Europe, so that I could meet Alex for the first time. He had come home from Germany at this point. So, this is like the, the weirdest thing, but we went and met him for two nights, and it was like the most awkward thing ever. It was not like love at first sight, it was not fireworks. I was with my friend. And him the entire time. We didn't get much alone time. Basically, we, the three of us, were acting as all best friends. And it was super weird. Not romantic at all. We didn't get any alone time, didn't get to know each other. And I think that was probably the start of my relationship anxiety because we never had that initial, like, love at first sight huge emotion it was just very like "Mm, okay (laughs) like you're different it felt to me like I was with a stranger and I was I remember actually thinking to myself I need to check my phone because Alex is gonna text me like I did not associate the in-person Alex with the guy that had been texting me for the past year it was bizarre so I see him for two days I fly away And go back, go to Europe. And then for that entire time, I guess that's probably when my relationship anxiety started. Actually, didn't realize it was so early, but I was thinking to myself, I need to break up with him because he's going back to Germany. This is too hard. And I didn't even feel like we connected that much. But something was stopping me. Like at the time, I thought this must just be like attachment because I'm so used to talking to him. But I couldn't do it. I couldn't end it, even though it felt so strange. So, flash forward, he ends up coming back to that little island called Victoria where I had first swiped on him in Tinder. And he's training there, training soccer for the next six months. So, this is where we really got to know each other. I would go back and forth from. BBC from school to the island, or he would go back and forth. And this is definitely where the anxiety amped up. It was like, I wanted to be around him 24 seven. And I couldn't handle it when I wouldn't see him for an entire week, because there were weeks when we were too busy to make a visit happen. But then also, I had these urges to break up with him, even though At the same time, I wanted to be around him all the time. It was, it's just the most bizarre thing. And I'm sure if you have both relationship anxiety and anxious attachment, you can get how that feels. Like it is super confusing. So we would make the most of our time. But I remember having those feelings of constantly looking for flaws in him and not seeing the good in him. And then I also noticed that When we went on walks, maybe he didn't feel connected. I don't really know exactly why, but he would be super quiet when we went on walks together. And that would trigger me so much. That would start my relationship anxiety off. I'd be like, what are you thinking about? Why aren't you talking to me? And what seems so simple and small, like maybe he just doesn't like to talk on walks, turned into this big thing in my head and I'd be like, this guy's boring. I can't can't be with somebody who doesn't talk to me. Like this is weird. Maybe he doesn't like me and it's just, you know, that whole thought spiral. Then when I was actually with him inside and we'd be like cuddling or talking or more close, I would feel super connected at times. So strange. It was such an up and down time for me. Then this is where the next chapter comes in. Alex goes to Germany. He moves back to Germany to play for a team. I had gotten used to being with him and seeing him in, like, I guess what you would call medium distance, not quite long distance. And he says, I have to go to Germany. I have to take this opportunity. And I don't know when I'm going to see you next. This was the hardest day for me. I remember that day when he called me and he told me I'm going I'm leaving And I have to go trial and I just remember I was in my little dorm like the dingiest little dorm crying my eyes out and then I went and I forced myself to do hot yoga and then I came back home and my roommate saw me crying and she I didn't I wasn't super close with my roommates but she wrote like a note that said, I hope you feel better with a little chocolate and she taped it on my door. I thought that was the cutest, sweetest thing. But yeah, it, it was so hard. That was my first taste of actual long distance once I had gotten to know him and I was attached to him. So after that happened, what happened was COVID-19 came about Canada and the whole world. And What was initially hard got even harder. Alex was in Ontario, went back home, and I had to deal with being in the same country as him but not being able to see him and not knowing when I would see him next. And he was being super cautious. This is where more relationship anxiety thoughts amped up because he didn't feel comfortable for a whole bunch of different reasons, traveling during that first part of COVID. And I took that very, very personally. That was so hard for me to accept, as you guys with relationship anxiety can probably assume. And then he went to Germany, back to that team. And for the next three years, two and a half, three years, I would be going back and forth from Canada to Germany for... Like three months at a time. I would go to Germany, I'd spend one to one and a half months with Alex, and then I'd come home for three months. And then I'd go to Germany for one and a half months or one month, and then come home for three months. That was difficult. That was like rock bottom because it was kind of a hard situation for him over there, too. We were in small towns where nobody spoke the language. And nobody spoke English. Sorry, I shouldn't (laughs) clarify that. Literally, no one spoke English. I didn't have any friends when I was there. Alex was lonely. There was a time change when we entered into long distance. But looking back, even though it was so painful and there was so much uncertainty, I look back and I think to myself, that was actually a pretty fun time. (laughs) Like in the moment, it wasn't that fun. But It showed me a new perspective on what other places in the world are like. And Alex and I actually did have so many memories there. Like we went to Amsterdam for a little trip. We traveled to Berlin. We got to experience Oktoberfest. I got to go watch Alex's games for the first time. I had never seen him play soccer before that. And that was super fun. But also most of it was me in my head. Most of it was me questioning him. What is our future going to look like? This is too hard. I don't want to leave you. And this is just a a little tip for you. When I look back and I remember those times, there were so many cool things about that experience that I could have loved and enjoyed, but my relationship anxiety got in the way. Like before every trip, for example, when we went to Amsterdam, when we went to Berlin, I remember starting arguments and having such bad anxiety and trying to control everything. And looking back, I'm like, I should have just enjoyed the moment. I should have just had faith and knew that everything was going to work out. But I didn't have that knowing at the time. Nobody was telling me that I had relationship anxiety. I just thought that I was with the wrong person or that there was a problem. So hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But if you're currently going through something, I want you to focus on healing your anxiety and then also focus on enjoying the moment and this chapter of your life as much as you possibly can. Because one day... You're going to be like me and you're going to look back and be thinking to yourself, wow, that could have actually been a really fun time in my life, but I was ruining it, ruining it by trying to predict the future. And now the future's fine and everything worked out and I could have had so much more fun then. So that's just an aside. Anyways, I remember I was in Germany, this is like the second year, and I went on Instagram and I found somebody speaking about relationship anxiety, you know what, what, what it was, I looked up anxious attachment, because I was like, this, some sort of relationship problems going on, must be anxious attachment, that's the only thing I knew, so I looked that up, and I find relationship anxiety, and I looked through her page, similar to how you guys look through my TikTok or my Instagram, I've gotten many comments from you saying this, but I looked through, and it was like, exact, the exact thoughts I was having, the exact fears. And I was blown away. Like, are you serious? People are having the same experience that I'm having. And it doesn't mean I'm in the wrong relationship. It was the greatest relief, the weight taken off my shoulders when I realized that. But then, let's say a couple of weeks later, or probably a couple of days later, That initial high of like, oh my gosh, relationship anxiety, I know what it was, wore off. Because even though I knew that I had relationship anxiety and that was a thing, I still didn't know how to get rid of it. I was still waking up and looking at my partner and not feeling an ounce of love. I was still obsessing over long distance and the fact that I couldn't handle it. I was still feeling so disconnected from him. Not ever living in the present moment and enjoying our time together, but trying to control all of our interactions, like checking if I loved him, checking if he was good enough, checking if I wanted to have a future with him. And that just like tainted so many special things. But since I knew what relationship anxiety was, I decided I am not going to live with this forever. I am going to like dedicate my life to overcoming this. So, I spent the next couple years head in the sand, trying every healing modality, looking into it, reading books, researching, getting certifications. That's why I'm now a mindset coach and a breathwork facilitator, and just doing everything I could to heal my relationship anxiety. I found what worked for me. I worked on it. I went through a huge healing journey. And now I can confidently say that. I'm happier than ever. My partner's now in Ontario, in Canada, in a different province. It's like a five-hour plane ride away. So we're in long distance still. But I love him so much. I feel so lucky every single day. I have pretty much zero doubts in my mind of if he's the right person for me. And I'm actually enjoying long distance, which I never thought I would say. So before I go in depth in a whole bunch of different podcast episodes for you, let me give you the gist of how I healed my relationship anxiety and what that looked like because it's a whole bunch of different things. There's no like one quick fix. There are different things and side note, it takes a different amount of time for different people. So don't compare your journey to mine. Don't compare your journey to anybody else's. People have different phases of their healing journey. They have different layers that they need to work on and heal from. So we're all so different. But here's what worked for me the first thing I needed to do was fill up the other areas of my life that I had been neglecting for so long. I had been. So stressed out about my relationship and focusing on it so much, it was taking over all of my thoughts that it was hard for me to do anything. So I realized I barely had any friends, I was not moving forward in any career, I wasn't going out and meeting people in my community, I didn't have any hobbies. All I really did was watch TV, try to push through and do work, even though it was hard for me, and then worry about my relationship. Like, it ate up so much of my time. And so I knew if I wasn't feeling in love with my partner, the first thing I needed to do was fall back in love with my life. Because it wasn't just that I wasn't feeling it with my partner. What was really causing me to not feel lit up by the relationship anymore? was that I wasn't lit up by life in general. So what I would say to you is, what are some areas of your life that you've been neglecting because of your relationship anxiety? Is it like your exercise routine, your nutrition, your family relationships, your friendships, your career? Find those things. Maybe there were things that made you happy before and take some time out of your day to work on it. I know it can be hard at first because the momentum is not there, but Just a little bit at a time. Every single day, take one step forward and those steps will add up. One mistake to avoid doing, don't go all or nothing when trying to change these different areas of your life because I've done that over and over again and failed. I finally cracked the code and realized I only build habits long term if I start slow. Because if I try to do a million things at once, like go to the gym seven days a week, I always stop like one or two weeks in. It's too much. So start slow, work your way up, play the long game. Don't think to yourself, oh, I want to work on these things. And then in one year, I'll be like, so fit or be so healthy or I'll be so successful. Be like, okay, in the next five years, I will have what I want, which is a healthy habit that's going to be with me for the rest of my life, not just for the next month. So after I worked on those areas, and I really started pouring my energy into different things so that I wasn't thinking about my relationship as much, I also worked on my self-concept a lot. I'll go into depth in different episodes about each of these things, but your identity creates every single circumstance in your life. I know it sounds meta, but I really do believe this. I believe in manifestation. I know the power of our subconscious mind and our belief systems. And I got really clear with myself and I realized I was looking at myself as kind of a loser. And that sounds so mean and sad, but I did not have respect for myself. And I had all of these beliefs about like, I am lazy. I'm just an anxious person. I'm not talented. I'm not smart enough. So I got really clear on all of those things, as well as the new identities that I wanted to implement. So let's say if I wrote down in my journal, I don't feel like a smart person, I focus on showing myself I am smart. And I completely shifted my focus to search out things in my life that proved that I was a smart person and that I was capable, instead of searching out the automatic reasons that I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough. There's different ways that you can do that. One of them is EFT tapping. I just think getting really clear though and journaling and writing down how do I feel about myself and how do I want to feel instead, even doing that is super powerful. You can also use affirmations. I will go much more in depth on that in a different episode. So, the next thing that I had to really work on was getting clear on my belief system. So many of us have these societal beliefs that come from living in our day and age that are just ingrained in us and we don't even question them. Just like an automatic programming, like how your computer is programmed and it runs on the same program. These beliefs are hardwired into your mind. So, for example, I had this belief that your partner had to be like this prince charming, this perfect guy that swooped in and changed your entire life. I watched Disney movies growing up and so of course I assumed that one day I'd find the perfect man and all my problems would go away and I wouldn't have anxiety anymore and he'd be so rich and he'd spoil me and all of these things would happen. We have these fairy tales in our head and then when we get into The real world and we get a real partner we realize wow dating is less about or having a relationship is less about being with the perfect partner and finding the perfect guy but it's more about finding the good in the person that you're with and learning to accept their flaws that is where the growth is if you just met like the perfect guy that would be so boring you wouldn't grow that's not how relationships are supposed to work. So that is a belief I had to pre-program. But there's so many, you guys, like the belief that you need to fall in love with somebody and you'll fall in love with them immediately. The belief that you have to have a honeymoon phase. The belief that your partner should be just like you, have all the same interests and do everything with you. So many expectations and so many assumptions and then When we get with a real imperfect human who is very different than maybe that picture perfect fairy tale we had in our mind, that is why relationship anxiety comes up. And I think that these societal beliefs are so much stronger than they used to be because I truly believe relationship anxiety is like a new thing. Probably not like a brand new thing, but I haven't seen any record of people talking about this like 20 years ago. And I feel like it's just only popping up right now. So yeah, we, we really do get inundated with so many different views from our parents, from society, from our friends, you name it, from movies, from books. That's why if you have relationship anxiety, you might notice yourself avoiding love movies or love stories, books about love. And I know that that's something that I went through. Like When I was really in the thick of relationship anxiety, I... Stopped watching love movies, romance movies. Stopped watching The Bachelor. Stopped listening to romance songs. Like I cut all of that out because it would trigger me. And that's okay if you have to do that right now until you're strong enough. Because I'll tell you now I'm able to watch those movies without comparing myself, comparing my relationship, and thinking that that's like the standard of how love should be. So understand they are allowed to cut those things out and you'll be able to bring them back. In the future. The last thing I want to talk about for how I healed my relationship anxiety, my long distance, long distance anxiety, is allowing myself to feel my emotions. So many of us are terrified of feeling our emotions. So terrified of letting ourselves just be anxious or be sad or be nervous. So we create all of these different thought patterns to take us out of our body and into our heads. And then we complain about our intrusive thoughts. Like the intrusive thoughts are just there as a coping mechanism because you're scared to feel. So anytime that you start to feel anxious or super strong emotion, I encourage you to let yourself be with the emotion and show your body that it is safe to feel. Every time you feel this, all of the hurt, all of the grief, all of the worry, all of the pain, you're actually releasing it from your body. But any anytime that you stuff it down and you don't allow yourself to feel, maybe you distract yourself, you're keeping it within you for later, and it will come up later. The one thing that I discovered that totally changed my relationship with my emotions was breath work. I discovered breath work. When I was in Germany in the midst of that relationship anxiety chapter, and it transformed my life. And that's why I took a year long certification to become a breathwork facilitator. I trained with Awaken Breathwork, and the founders of Awaken, Hella and Lucas, are some of the best facilitators in the world. They work with celebrities, they have worked with like the Kardashians, with um, Jake Paul, with tons of different people and they are like world renowned. So they taught me everything they know about not only breath work, but all of the different emotional aspects of healing. and that was life-changing. You don't need to take that whole facilitation to learn it. What you really need to do is experience breath work for yourself because essentially, in a longer breathwork journey, you use activation breath, which is in and out of your mouth to access a non-ordinary state of consciousness. And what that does for you is it allows you to tap into some deeper emotion or deeper memories or traumas that you don't normally have access to, that you might've stepped down into your body-mind system. So I access grief from when I was a childhood, emotions from my past relationships, and a whole bunch of different gunk that was in my system that was fueling my relationship anxiety and keeping me stuck. And I was able to feel it during breathwork and release it. So that's another beautiful tool. If you want to try a five-minute practice, I can send you the one that I do every day. Feel free to just DM me on Instagram at healingwithhan__. But if you want to do a longer journey, I definitely recommend doing it with a trained breathwork facilitator because those can get quite intense. It's not for everybody not everybody is ready for breath work but for the people who are it's very very powerful okay that is the end of my tips for our first episode thank you guys so much for listening thank you for everything that you do you all inspire me every single day and I can't wait to keep making more episodes for you and keep connecting with you in this way Make sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I love you guys. Have a wonderful day.